Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on September the 12th, 2011. For newcomers, help yourself to the audios available at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and hopefully you'll get a much better and bigger understanding, more in-depth understanding of the system that runs the world because we are post-national, we're really international, we've been international for a long time, we're global now, that means the integration of all the countries under a supreme uh, world order basically, or the United Nations which is the embryo for the the whole uh, global government system. And uh, I go through how it started off and the guys that wrote about it an awful long time ago, the organizations that set up first in London, that we know of anyway, uh, the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations, which now has branched out across all countries of the world. And they also dominate the EU Parliament as well. All the main players belong to it. So this is how the world is brought together by societies which are semi-secret. In other words, they'll publish various documentation for the public to read, but they also have their inner circle, as Professor Carl Quigley talked about, because he was a historian for this group for quite a few years. So they have an inner circle who know exactly where they're going, and they have pretty well all, actually they have all mainstream media on board with them. They're all members at the top, the editors and the top staff. So they give us our news, our reality, and they guide us into this world system, something they've dreamed about for an awful, awful long time, long before they even started up the Milner Foundation or the Cecil Rhodes Foundation, which became the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Help yourself to that, and you'll learn through the books I mentioned, etc., often from the players themselves. Uh, how it's to it, it's gone this way and, and where it's supposed to end up. It's a never-ending story in a sense because they're, they're always adding to the new world order and each phase is another new world order and that's what we're living right uh, right through now. So remember too, you're the audience that bring me to you and you can help keep me going by buying the books and discs that I've got at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll, you'll see them on the, the site there, the links to them, how to do it, and so on. From the U.S., remember, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order or PayPal, the, the buttons on the site too, and how to do it and use that. Also, you can just send cash. Across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal to order. Remember, straight donations are really welcome as because I don't accept cash from advertisers. Otherwise, I, I'd bring lots of guests on and and captivate you and terrify you and sell things at the end. And that's how a lot of people make their money. But uh, it, it also binds them to an extent too. Uh, this way I've got a freer hand to do what I want to do. is suicidal, I, I admit that too, because the money isn't there. This is not a business, but right now there's not enough cash coming in even to buy all the parts that have blown up recently, all the computer parts and monitors, etc. So help me if you want. It's up to you. Uh, otherwise, I go off and do better things with my life because I only came out uh, back in the 90s to to tell people what I knew. I thought maybe, and even then I thought, does anybody really want to know? 
because everyone was stuck in a different reality, believing things just happen at the time through crisis, creation, and, and again, government solving the problems. And I knew it very differently, so I came out and started chatting away. And to show them, too, that this was a very old, old system, because knowledge is never lost. It's, it's passed on through generations, kept in archives, because power of management of people you could never destroy. You, you, you want that, it's better than gold, you could to manage whole nations of people. And that's what it's been like since ancient times to the present. So help yourself, as I say. And uh, if, it, if you want to keep me going, it's up to you. No one else. And don't sit and say, well, somebody else will send something in. No, it's up to you. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back, and we're cutting through the matrix. I've often mentioned over the years that this system is so well designed. And this is not defeatist, by the way. Some people occasionally write and say, oh, that's defeatist, and you, you don't give us hope. Well, I do, if you understand what I'm saying, because I'm, I'm telling you, it's a much bigger system. If you want to know your enemy, you've got to know your enemy. Find out about your enemy. And it's not what the media points you at that day. It never is. And um, this is an, a system that's been on the go for well over a 100 years, and and it's escalating now, and I, I liken it to being a gopher. That's what each one of us, we're a gopher in a hole. And when you stick your head up the hole, one day you hear this thundering behind you, and you look, and there's a little dot in the horizon. Before you know it, it's stampeded over your head in a flash, and when you recover, you look up, and it's disappearing on the horizon. And just when it's gone, there's something else coming back from the start again. There's another layer and layer level, if you like, of this new world order just stampeding over your head because it's to, it's to, and it has already altered society, all of society. You understand, if, if you want something to, to, to be a certain way, you're, you're, you're setting yourself in an era. I like to think it's to go back to the 50s or the 60s or the 70s and so on. And I, I keep saying you can't because the same crooks ran the countries back then. The same crooks in central bankers in every country. And, and you see that this system also changes all of the cultures on the way, demolishing the family. That was a plank of the manifesto. It's been pretty well done. And, and many other things too, rights to the child, which take all the, the rights from the parent or parents if they have to, and many, many more things. So you have to know what your enemy is in the first place, and then you have to have a, a moral stance on something. If you can't have a moral stance, then, then indignation alone isn't going to win the day. You've got to have a moral stance, and then you've got to have a, a common morality with other people before you can even form a group. Because otherwise you'll all be at each other's throats with different points of view. So realism is, is far better than fake, uh, fake optimism. And there's lots of fake op- optimism there. Remember we're getting played big time, and I've read the articles by Sunstein and others, and these are your, your, your mind managers basically. They're on the boards of all governments across the world. They manage your minds. And they have uh, a whole process set up there, how to sway people. And it's so easy today with television and the Internet, too, uh, that we all get our dose of indoctrination one way or another, no matter what you look at. It's, in, it's built that way. It's built into everything that you watch or look at. 
So you have to realize that your minds are all being basically swayed for you. You're being prompted into this direction and that direction. And you're not in charge of yourself when that's happening. Remember that the mind has no firewall. So everyone's been brought up to, and in each generation too, the beauty that they understood even before the communist revolution or the Bolshevik revolution in Russia was that through the techniques which they already understood perfectly well, they could indoctrinate children very quickly and different levels or ages of children very quickly, and they would overtake the adults, and eventually adults would die off, and then would come the new ones thinking, oh, things were all quite normal. You can make generations of people think that anything is quite normal, anything at all. And that's just reality too. And I don't ever put my faith in one person like a politician. Can't be done. Can't be done. Because, you see, you have to participate in freeing yourselves. No one's going to do it for you, but everyone looks for a leader, you see. They all look for a leader, and then they hope that leader's going to do everything for them. Well, they sit in their asses, basically, and fiddle with the Internet and play themselves. They want someone else to do it for them. And true change can only happen with deep involvement. And when you go into deep involvement, it's like the church. You don't leave your head at the door or your brain at the door. you got to know what you're involved in. You don't get carried away by a crowd with a policy. you got to think it through, all of it through, and see what their mandate happens to be. Because they generally end up working for the other side. So go through their whole mandate and see there's one little thing at the end that you don't understand. That's the part you see that will sway everybody off into another direction. And I've often said to people, what part of uh, history do you want to go back to? You see, the world's already global. You've got to understand that. It was especially when they signed the documentation agreement, the Charter of the United Nations, every politician and representative of supposedly their country signed away your rights as a nation into the United Nations. They were to keep it quiet for a while. Uh, At first, actually, they hoped the people would be so shell-shocked after World War II uh, that they'd, they'd all give up willingly their sovereignty. But it didn't work out that way, so they kept quiet about it. And But they worked steadily towards it. My whole life long, I've looked at countries signing more and documentation, more treaties with the United Nations, more and more binding treaties as a column. And I've never ever heard one one politician ever stand up and say that to save our sovereignty, we have to basically tear this lot up and put it in the furnace and burn it all. Because you can't be both. That's too schizophrenic. You've got to either have a nation which you have a say in, or you have no nation at all. When people across the world have as much say in your particular area as you do. And that's what globalism is. Never mind all of the government itself isn't yours anymore anyway. It's public-private. Understand that. They're all working with the private sector, hand in glove, and many of them will swap politics into the private sector, working with government and vice versa. It's been that for a long time. And I can't see any politician making a law either to forbid that from happening, because politicians are technically psychopaths. Ordinary folk don't want power over other people. They don't have a craving to get up there in politics and get all the praises and the decorations that they get and awards that they get and, and fake doctorates that are all awarded and have everyone kowtow to them. Most folk don't want that. 
but the psychopaths crave that. So that's why they get up there. Ordinary folk actually would be set up if they could even get in, which is highly unlikely, but getting in itself. Look at the money it takes to get in from corporations. In other words, the politician is just the, the man for the lobbyists to meet. He's bought and paid for by the guys that get him in. That's what he is. Otherwise, you would need all that cash to, to run. So you've got to be realistic about so many, many things uh, before you can change anything. And you've got to start changing with yourself. Now, what happens generally is when someone arises with uh, the answers, as you think. The one, you know, it's like the movies. Most American movies are, are dealt with the one. There's even movies called The One, and within it, there's lots of movies that use The One. The one that arises out of the masses to clean up town like Clint Eastwood did, or, or, and so many other movies to the sci-fis of, of modern times. It's always The One. You see, That means that no one else is going to get off their ass and do anything. And everyone's just quite happy to let that happen. And then there's a disappointment when it doesn't happen, in reality. It doesn't happen that way. Because there's a lot at stake here. This is not a movie. This is not a movie. This is real life. And I mean life, blood, sweat, and tears, and suffering. This is real life. And people who want to change the system have to dedicate themselves to the changes they want and not be compromised along the way by people who, who are trained to run rings around you with their training and sway you off in the other directions. Lots of your tax money goes to organizations that do, do just that. They sway, they sway quite easily. They know all the psychological tricks, they're trained, and uh, never feel subservient to anybody. That's the trick as well. Because once you do, or that person's really bright and brainy, uh, you're done for. You've just, you've just given in, actually. And you'll be a useful fool or tool. And... Um, that's the whole key to everything. Everyone is waiting for someone else to do it for them. A person who sets them up with the answers has two options. And this is taught in university. If you set yourself up as a, 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 someone with the answers, and lots of people follow, follow you because they're so disillusioned or terrified or whatever, that person who's, who, who you're following has two options. And they always go two options. One is to lead a revolution and be a martyr and be forgotten. And the other one is to become a guru and go off into the spiritual side, which is safer. That's happened down through history. And so they give you the way out being the spiritual side. And it's new agey. It's all of that stuff combined. And they can prattle on forever and sell lots of books on it. And people like to hear that. Oh, it doesn't matter how bad the world is. I'll be okay because I'm, I'm going to find my power animal and I'm going to escape this, or, or I'm going to jump in another dimension. That, that was a big one with the New Agers. No kidding. No kidding. So this is all mind control, you understand, and it's all organized by those at the top. So rather than look for someone who's either going to get bumped off uh, for saying the right things, becoming too popular, or else take the way of a messiah, you have to be your own champion. I've said this so many times and it's the only way you're going to do it. And that means sticking your head up too, by the way. The people who want the one to come along and do all for them never stick their head up at all. Or they'll do it when it's safer. It's a party thing where you can boo people uh, and, and gather in crowds and boo and, and all that and yell at them. That's nothing, no. 
on top of it, really sticking your head up, because you will be noticed. And that's how you change things. And you might not live to see the changes. Remember, this is a, a system that's taken hundreds of years with a philosophy, with its own tenets, with its own goals, philosophy, everything, which is running the world. And that means everything that ever was has to be completely turned upside down. And you've been living through a good part of it, remember. you got to remember all the changes that have happened in your lives, in society. And it's still going on. It's rampaging ahead because they, they've got a lot, a lot, a, quite a long ways to go just yet. But they're almost there. So be your own champion. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix and talking about how you have to do something yourself and, and it takes a, should take a while to think about what you want to do and, and make an effort to do so. But understand the other side, the ones that are bringing in this world order that you think are your politicians. Most folk out there actually think that. Maybe not listening to this particular broadcast, but outside you meet people all the time who really think everything's real and uh, they never ask why. Certain people just fly to the top in politics, even when they were unheard of before. Of course, they're chosen to be booted up the ladder very quickly. And it says here about Hillary Clinton, her speech on Friday, she said that as a sexual military actions have been in decimating Al-Qaeda, they're not enough. Al-Qaeda, as you know, is a CIA creation. I'm sure they, and now they're the buddies in Libya, apparently, with the U.S., and then they'll go back to being the baddies again because that's very Orwellian. That's what George Orwell tried to show you how the technique works. So especially in addressing the root causes of terrorism, opening her remarks with a reference to what she called serious reports of Al-Qaeda plots hit either New York or Washington on the 9th-11th anniversary. And that whole thing that apparently was on television, or I saw it, was all mushy with the usual emblems of the flags and symbols that you are being trained to have tears in your eyes about, your, your national symbols, but you don't understand who's wearing them. Anyone can wear them. And have the same effect on you. It doesn't matter who they are. And with the right music in the background. Remember what Bertrand Russell said? People used to, politicians used to exhort, make exhortions, exhortations to people hoping to change their minds with logic. They don't do that now. It's all done by symbology. And Russell said you can do more with a brass band and flags flying than you can with, with exhortations and an intellect of 180. And it's so true. It's very, very true. It doesn't matter who they are. Put on the right banners, wrap yourself in the flag, get the music going, and you're suddenly proud again, even though you're being conned again for another reason. Clinton spoke at the John uh, College of uh, John Hay or J College of Criminal Justice, uh, and it lost 70 students and alumni, 11 attacks, blah blah blah. Her target audience appeared to be much uh, the U.S. Congress as anyone else, as the Republican-controlled House in particular zeroed in on the State Department and the kinds of smart power programs Clinton advocates. See, you understand the State Department is the one department you had to conquer first before you conquer everything. And a long time ago, a guy talked about the State Department being taken over, and he was lambasted for it, still is in modern movies, and that was McCarthy, because he, he was quite right. 
maybe for the right reasons, maybe for the wrong reasons, but he was definitely right. You got to take over the State Department. It's just in the kind of because they're bringing internationalism, and you got to do that, right? And the kinds of smart power programs Clinton advocates for billions of dollars in budgets cuts. Anyway, they're bringing a new global counterterrorism forum. That's part of it too. Designed to enhance international counterterrorism cooperation, we bring together policymakers and experts in the field on a regular basis. A new forum to be formally launched later this month at the United Nations, where else would it be for a global agenda, will initially be co-chaired by the U.S. and Turkey, including 30 other countries, including Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Algeria. So, you, you see, as I say, you're international. You've been under the United Nations your whole lives long. And it's to be further integration and further integration using public-private partnerships. Because as far as I can see, now governments are just a private corporation uh, in league with other private corporations. And that's all it is, you see. But the big agenda, like all big business, you've got to have an agenda. You can't say, what we do now after we've sold this product. You're always working on the next, the next, and the next. And anyway, so they're setting all that up and... Um, It'd be quite interesting to see. This also tells you, I'll put two links up to that tonight from Hillary. It tells you that this, this counterterrorism idea is a permanent uh, office and it's going to be here forever. Your, your whole life long, it's going to be more and more fake terrorism all over the planet until this is all done. And then just like the Soviet system, there's terror within. They've got to find terrorism within to keep it going. That was even in the comedy Brazil in, in the movie that the Monty Python guys did where bombs went off all over the place. No one ever saw a terrorist. He asked his mum that. Have you ever seen a terrorist mum after it had gone off in a restaurant and reaching it? And she says, no, no, but they're out there. So uh, this is the game that, that you, you... You understand, when they set up the system and take the world over, they were not playing some footsies with you. They, were, they meant what they said. Anything, anything to, that w- would justify the means, anything that had to be done would justify the means. And, and that's where you are. And I've talked too about global managers. We have global managers, the big boys at CFR. I've talked about them many, many times too. And you, you have complexes of privately owned prisons across the planet. One of the companies that does this is Khaki. It's called CACI. I've mentioned them before because they're, they're also involved with all the governments. They, they, they even run schools and uh, counterterrorism. They're into uh, surveillance of all kinds. And I'll put in an article tonight, too, to show you how his, his profits are just booming. And um, it says the company's fiscal year ends June 30th. And for the last quarter of the year, revenue totaled record $963.2 million. And a 13.5% increase from 848.7 revenue record recorded in the corresponding quarter of 2010. So it's way up there. But they're into everything. Command, control, communications, computers, intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance, solutions and services. They're also a big think tank for governments. Cyber solutions, enterprise IT management, program management and systems, engineering and technical assistance. They're also in charge uh, overall of a lot of the nuclear sites of other countries like Britain are involved there. Uh, with uh, the privatization, no kidding you, of your nuclear weapons bases. International global managers, they help manage governments. Back with more after this break. Your 
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and just talking about really what you have to do, your part in it. And that means literally, if it means arguing with everyone you ever meet, so be it. It has to be that way. And that way too, you can sort out the ones that are worth working with and that are on, in fact, or the ones that are not. Because they tell you quite, quite up front that the other understand what you're saying or that that glazed look and they don't want anything to do with it. They prefer the standard story because they're comfortable at the moment in their own lives. They're certainly fearful of, of, of uh, inflation, all these usual things, but they're, they're, they're really quite comfortable in their life. And you, you can't go with that. Tonight I'm also putting a link up to the, the Vaccine Awareness Network because there's a bill uh, going through I think it's California to start with some other states looking at it to make inoculations and vaccines for children absolutely mandatory where you can't, there's no opt-out at all, even for religious uh, reasons and, and the other opt-outs that they had. They're trying to get it through. And I'll put this uh, video up, the link to it tonight. And it's a vaccine wake-up call for parents. Your children are being taken September the 6th, 2011. So... You have a look at that too, and hear how all of that is going as well. And and it's all she explains how it's all done through lobbying by big pharma with government, and your government isn't serving you by any means at all. They're all well aware it's all to do with cash and money. I mean, this is corruption is corruption. You can't save the Tower of Babel or get it back when it was never yours to begin with. You understand that? I hope you understand that. I hope you really understand that. You'll save the thing that's familiar to you, even though it's killing you. Just because it's familiar to you. Hard thing for most folk to accept. And in France, uh, they thought they were pretty well safe from the GM corn, uh, because the EU Union overruled all the countries within the EU Union, uh, they say that they've ordered France to tell out the go-ahead of the corn being grown inside, uh, GM corn being grown inside France itself. I'll put that link up as well. And to show you how free you are, and it's, it's, it's getting back to that vaccine thing too, it's the same idea. And democracy, this strange term that's always rammed and used to invade other nations, uh, with its central banking, its debt system, and so on, and its totalitarian style of government. Uh, it's like George Orwell said, you know, he, he wanted the right to say two and two equals four. Logic, in other words. He wanted that right, basically. And we don't even have the right to say no, unless you say no and mean it. And don't go along with it. Whatever it is, that makes you feel strange or just isn't right about you or something, you have the right to say no. And we shouldn't be forced or coerced by law. Because if something's wrong, it's still wrong. I don't care what law is passed. Something is wrong, is wrong. No matter how they change morality or the meanings of morality and turn everything upside down wrong, it's still going to be wrong. And you can't lose sight of that too. you got to stick to what's always been, not what it is now. 
in law, what law is, is the fact that they understand most of the public will always go along with whatever they pass by coercion, the threat, the threat of, of punishment. And then if you don't go along, they actually use it on you and it's generally deadly force. That's what law is today. That's, it's really always been that way, but that's what it definitely is today. You have the right to say no, just like Orwell, two and two equals four. But you see, we're, we're treated like farm animals now, and they truly believe they're the rights. All these specialists at the top, and the socialists, and call them communists, it doesn't matter what you call them, uh, they're all in it together. They've got the right to, to, through science, you see. Science can cover anything at all, any atrocity. Science can cover it all. Because science is held together by theories, which at one time would be political ideas. Well, it's my political idea we should jab this poison into someone and see what happens. A theory is a guess. But when you see it's science, well, oh, oh, it's it's, it's like it's from God now. Remember what Huxley said and and Russell and others? But um, they said that there will be a dictatorship. That was planned. They, they knew that because of their world meetings. They were insiders in the inner circle. And they said that if it's going to be a dictatorship, an attorney, they'd rather be a scientific one. And, and they said it would be absolutely tyrannical. Which it is. Which it is. And here's how free you are. And the Prime Minister of Britain says, we'll never hold a referendum on the economic union. That there's democracy in action. So David Cameron ruled out ever holding a referendum on the EU membership. And that's just it, that you're never going to see it. You're in it, whether you like it or not, even when it's decimating you, even though it's, it's, it's bankrupted you all, put you into further slavery. Debt is slavery. I, I hope you understand this other thing too, to do with money. Uh, that debt, when you're in debt, you're a slave to the person you borrowed from. That's been biblical from thousands of years. It's never changed. When you're put down as a guarantor, as a people within a nation, by their government, which they do all the time for loans, and they default, then those who lent the money in the first place own you. The courts have never changed on that. Never changed. Go into the books. You won't find it changing. So there's, you, you'll never see a referendum, as I say. Talk about dehumanization, and I've talked about it too, how they've degraded society over the years on purpose, knowing exactly where they were going and saying they were going to do this, and even gave you the reasons for destroying society. They said years ago, back in the 30s and 40s, and every decade since, that everyone who's brought up in a family is, is mentally ill. The American Psychological Association have said that too. Families had to go. That's why you had a war on the family. That's why Marx talked about destruction of the family unit. A very old agenda. And you must agree to everyone and everyone and everyone. We've got corpses now on art displays. They call it art, hanging on wires uh, and plasticized. And then we've got, of course, pouring granny down the, 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 into the, to make the garden go green because she'll be uh, put into a kind of uh, liquid chemical soup after she's died. It's better to see than cremation. For the company that makes the chemicals, it certainly will be. 
And here's Do You Fancy a Jelly Baby? That's a, like a candy made from human DNA. It says here, um, reports last week that researchers could be just six months away from producing the world's first artificial meat, using thousands of stem cells bred in a laboratory, sent a wave of fascination around the world. Yet there's an even more ghoulish prospect ahead, the idea of eating artificial food made from humans. This is from The Telegraph. It may sound like science fiction, a new technique for making gelatin from human DNA is attracting increasing interest from research and industrial circles, According to a new study by scientists, again, when the new priesthood, the scientists from the Beijing University of Chemical Technology, the paper published recently in the Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry revealed that successful experiments had been carried out in which human genes were inserted into a strain of yeast to grow large amounts of recombinant genetically engineered human gelatin. So, I've always said, you see, we're really cattle, we understand that. And again, if you're in debt, read, read the old Bible. You know, it's your best place to read this stuff. If you're in debt, the person owned you, your cattle, uh, and your offspring, by the way, until the debt was cleared up. And maybe their offspring too, you take many generations, especially if you tack in compound interest, which guarantees that. And they make money off us even when we're dying. They want you to be not quite, well, actually brain dead. Then they can harvest your organs and sell them around the world to very wealthy people generally. And um, uh, then they can hang you up on wire maybe and display you and make a buck off that too. But uh, we're literally just animals basically. And now they're taking the gelatin and they're going to start feeding bits of you back to you. And of course the idea, apart from the massive profits, uh, is that the next part will be a bit more than just, just gelatin and your, your DNA and so on. They were putting, the American Agricultural Association were putting human DNA in the pigs since the 1970s. I can remember when it was all in the newspapers at the time. Remember these links I'll put up at cuttingthroughmatrix.com at the end of this broadcast. And then there's an article too on euthanasia and assisted suicide. What in the world's going on? Euthanasia and assisted suicide are legal in a few jurisdictions in the world, but most countries have rejected their legalization. And most recently, legislation to legalize euthanasia and or assisted suicide has been rejected in France, Israel, England, Scotland, Australia, Canada, Bulgaria, etc. In the U.S., where there's been well over 100 legislative proposals to legalize physician-assisted suicide since 1994, California, Hawaii, New Hampshire, Vermont, Connecticut, and more have recently rejected it. In the United States, assisted suicide was legalized by voter initiatives in Oregon in 1994 and Washington State in 2008. A 2009 Montana Supreme Court ruling did not legalize assisted suicide, but it did create a potential defense based on consent of the patient for physicians who are prosecuted for assisted suicide. In 2011, a bill to prohibit PES and a bill to create regulations for PES were both introduced in the MT legislature. Neither bill had enough votes for passage. And it goes into some of the the history. At 95, Australia's Northern Territory became the first jurisdiction in the world to legalize euthanasia. Actually, I think they already had it in Holland. The law went into effect June 96, but was overturned by the Australian government in March 97. Yeah, the Netherlands officially legalized euthanasia and assisted suicide in April 2002. Previous to that, the Dutch courts approved the practice of euthanasia and assisted suicide. Now, why am I prattling about this? It's because, you see, you've got to read the, the World Health Organization and the World Bank. 
the World Bank's records. Go into the World Bank and go into population and population control. And they've been screaming since the 60s uh, about uh, they'd have to, if if the countries won't bring down their populations, then legislation would have to be introduced on a higher level to force them to bring down their populations. Thousands of pages, if you get them all together, all the, all the reports are published. That seems to be the main thing. And as they're doing that too, they're um, actually cutting back on cancer uh, tests in Britain because they just don't let you die of cancer rather than get early in, uh, intervention. And it says here that GPs are ordered, as general practitioners, or to ration cancer scans because lives being put at risk by bureaucrats' new cost-saving directive. In this new world order, they want to bring down the population and not extend it, not extend the lifespan, except unless you're a very important person. So it says GPs have been ordered to refer patients to a hospital doctor who will then decide if a scan for cancer is needed. But experts warn the diagnosis means it can be too late for cancer sufferers. They've been ordered to ration the number of patients to send for life-saving cancer scans to save money. This is where your value is in society, or at least in your governments. And to slash the number they refer to hospitals for tests, including ultrasounds, MRIs, and CT scans. Uh, last night, experts warned the cost of emissions increased the risk of patients being diagnosed too late and dying unnecessarily. Well, that's the reason for it. They want it to plummet. Remember the last big meeting the Lucky Jeans Club had, or one of the last ones, and I read it on the air, where I think Oprah attends it and Rockefeller and, and Bill Gates and a whole bunch of them, uh, they said they'd have to rapidly now, rather than just go into per- passive persuasion, persuasion and negative um, family planning, which is abortion, uh, they'd have to now rapidly reduce the population of the world. That's how you get it done. Health Secretary Andrew Leslie promised to set aside $750 million to help family doctors send patients directly for scans instead of having to refer them to consultant to decide where or not they should have a scan. But then it says at the very end, but it's emerged that a quarter of primary care trusts are actively discouraging the doctors from sending patients for these tests. Now, these trusts now are kind of these private organizations that took over from the national health. And once again, I can remember when they started with the the Twin Towers, 9-11, oh, it's Ben Laden. And Bush himself and all the rogues behind him were careful at the time. And they did a lot of PR stuff and articles and magazines to try to see it wasn't against Islam. It was against terrorists, you see. Uh, But now I've noticed more and more that they're using, they've also had a world meeting about it, and it's safe to use this term now. But the Prime Minister of Canada says Islamicism is the biggest threat to Canada, not radical terrorists, you see. And it says an exclusive interview with the CBC News. Prime Minister Stephen Harper says the biggest security threat to Canada after a decade of 9-11 is Islamic terrorism. In a wide-ranging interview with the CBC, the chief correspondent Peter Mansbridge, you know, he's the most trusted man in Canada, he's been on the air forever, and his own station keeps advertising that, the most trusted man in Canada. Well, the air is entirely on the national Thursday night. Harper says Canada is safer than it was on September 11th, when Al-Qaeda attacked the U.S., but that the major threat is still Islamicism. So he's been getting blasted for actually saying the word Islamicism rather than just terrorism.
And um, it's, quite a, it's quite the world that we live in. And then we have in Japan, we all know that, we're, that the radiation there has been terrible for the people. An awful lot of people have died, obviously, and will continue to die, maybe even the world over, because the stuff's carried across the planet. But uh, the trade minister of Japan actually told a bit of the truth, and he, he had to quit because you're not supposed to. In the world that we're given for media, you're not supposed to tell the truth ever. So it says Japan's new trade minister has quit after calling the area around tsunami hit Fukushima nuclear plant a town of death, the media reports say. Yoshio Hashiro has also reported to have rubbed his jacket against a reporter saying, I will give you radiation after visiting the plant on Thursday. They're so terrified of it. Mr. Shiro's comments were widely seen as insensitive and prompted calls by opposition parties for him to resign. That's within Japan. PM Yoshihiko Noda, who appointed him, later said they were inappropriate. Sad to say, the centres of cities, towns and villages around it are a town of death without a soul in sight, Mr. Hashiro said at a news conference on Thursday. You understand, if that happens there, it's the same everywhere. Politicians are not allowed to tell the truth, even if it occurred to them, which really doesn't most of the time. But uh, to tell the truth is a, a dangerous thing. Dangerous thing. Don't, they don't last long. That's the world we're living in. And people think they're going to get truth by just scouring and scouring and scouring the Internet. It doesn't happen that way. The Internet is as controlled as everything else. That's why they talked about the have information wars before they gave us the Internet. They didn't sit and wait for it to happen. They already had the techniques to manage us all set up. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix and there's some callers. I'll take Daniel from the UK if he's still on the line. Are you there, Daniel? Uh, yeah, can you hear me okay? Yes. Uh, yeah, um, you said, gone over this um, setup like you've got these elites at the top and then you referred to the Freemasons as like a guardian, almost like a guardian class that keep this system in play. Um, and keep us down and the people above them up. Is that pretty much how it is? There's a few, actually. The Masons are the ones for the majority to be controlled by, a, a, a pulled out of their own people, basically. So they're kind of in the middle, and there's a higher organization above them, obviously. But they, their job is to always push democracy, even though it keeps changing what it means, as we can obviously see. And, and keep pushing the same system uh, for the ones who are in control of it, regardless of party, because they're all the same now. Mm. Yeah. Well, what, what I wanted to ask was, the Masons as a movement obviously have a lot of power, um, infiltrated the police and the military and everything else. What, what stops them, what controls are in place to stop them from ousting the people above them and going... Because of sworn allegiance to them. Okay. Well, that's the whole part of their oath is to, they must take in, after all the revolutionary phase, see the revolutionary phase was to get rid of kings and queens in the old system. 
But once they, they, that had all happened, then they take oaths to keep this new system in because the newcomers with the central bankers, debt, all that kind of stuff, they came in with the new system. And so they must uh, swear allegiance to the system. Uh, and that's what they do. Yeah. Because it's a weird thing, um, this swearing allegiance and how powerful it is because it's the same as the mafia, isn't it? That's of it how is. they became, that's how they became so powerful is with this, this bond, this, this desire yeah. to serve some yes. greater good or some other thing. In fact, it was, it was Mazzini, Giuseppe Mazzini, that took over from Albert Pike, um, for, as the world's uh, pope, basically, of Freemasonry. Uh, he was the one who set up the Mafia as a Masonic outfit to begin with, yeah. Yeah, because when you, there's some parallels between these rituals that the Mafia are supposed to do when they get made, as they say, and, and between the Masonic rituals, aren't there? Absolutely. And it's a brotherhood. And the whole idea is, to, is under this guise of international brotherhood, uh, it all sounds like everything else is all hypocritical because in reality, um, you go into any town across the world, you'll find all your board members and bureaucracies uh, are all members of the, the local Freemasonry. The guys who dish out your tax money to contractors from villages, towns, cities are all Masons and they give two Masons. Uh, it, it's a, a rigged system. And in Canada, when you drive up to any town or village, you'll see that the, the first board you see, before the name of the place, is actually, you'll see the board with all the different Masonic uh, male and female um, organizations in that town. And that's telling you who runs that town. That's what that, sim- that's what that board uh, symbolizes. So if you want anything done, you've got to be a member and, you know, for building permits, whatever, they'll bypass all petty bureaucracy. That's what they tell you. And they'll get done fast for you. You can get a bank loan the same day. So, so really, it's all done, like you said, it's, it's all done on his oath and allegiance and this sort of thing, and that's yep. what keeps it all in, um, in check, so to speak, is it? That's right. And it goes all the way up through all politics, all parliaments across the world, and, uh, and that's how they run this system. And regardless of it's changing, they still swear allegiance to keep this system uh, on the go, yeah. Because they personally benefit from it, that's why. <laughs> but thanks for calling. And for all those who I haven't got round to, you can call again. There's, there's Dennis, Glenn, and Carlson. Thanks for listening. And from Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you. And remember, buy the books and discs and keep me going. You can donate as well. 